It is the end of the week here at Locked On Grizzlies. You know what that means. Just two days away on this Friday episode of the podcast from the building behind me, kind of virtually behind me, being filled to the gills with thousands of Memphis Grizzlies fans ready for a historic game one against the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm going to talk about two players that are massively important to Memphis's hopes that maybe you're not thinking as much about. And I'm going to make my prediction for the series on this episode of Locked On Grizzlies. Let's lock in. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, hello. Welcome to another installment of Locked On Grizzlies. I am your host for this episode, Joe Mullinax, my co-host, Michael Cole. Not with me this time around as he prepares for a very busy weekend for himself, commercial appeal beat writer covering the Memphis Grizzlies, of course. I am a columnist for Bluff City Media, and I'll talk about Bluff City Media later on in the show. I also write over at SB Nation and FanDuel, but Chances are, if you're checking in with this podcast, you don't necessarily care as much about that regarding me. You care about Grizzlies-Lakers coming up starting this Sunday. We're going to break all that down and then some on this special episode of Lockdown Grizzlies. This episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. We are proud members of the Locked On Podcast Network here, your team each and every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can also check us out over on YouTube. Like, comment, rate, review, subscribe. However you get your NBA and Memphis Grizzlies content, be sure to make us here at Locked On Grizzlies a part of your process as the playoff preparations continue in Memphis, Tennessee, and elsewhere. The first weekend of the playoffs is always a lot of fun. Obviously, all four, or all eight, excuse me, game ones of first round series will be played this weekend. Lots of basketball to enjoy, and of course, the Grizzlies are the uh, afternoon matinee main event over on ABC, the national game for Game One against LeBron James and his Los Angeles Lakers. But in this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies, or on this episode, uh, before I make my prediction for how the series is going to go, there are two players that I want to make sure that I give a shout out to as pretty important going into this series. All right. Pretty significant pieces to the Grizzlies puzzle. If they are going to do what their seed suggests, suggests, excuse me, they should do and win this series pretty decisively against the Los Angeles Lakers, because for all the hype of the Los Angeles Lakers, all of the things being said about how wonderful they are and how they're this different team since the trade and Anthony Davis is cooking, they're still the seventh seed. They still needed a play-in win, 108-102 victory in overtime after their offense looked bad and Minnesota's looked worse just to get to this point. So are the Lakers better than they were? Yes, absolutely. I think that's unquestioned. They're one of the better defensive teams in the NBA. Are the Memphis Grizzlies the number two seed and one of the very best teams in the NBA overall over the span of an 82-game larger sample size? You betcha. And the Grizzlies can and should be favored, not just in game one, but in the series at large. But I'll I'll get into my predictions on that later. People are going to talk about John Moran. 
right? They're going to talk about Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain, the big flashy names on the top of the marquee because when you're playing the Los Angeles Lakers and all that Showtime star power, baby, you need to balance that out a little bit. So Lakers, LeBron, Lakers AD against Grizzlies, Ja, Bain, and Jaron. Sure. But there are two players that are going to have a massive imprint on this series that are not going to have their names flashing and shining brightly in lights. The first one is a guy that has been much maligned on this show, at least by me. I don't want to speak for my partner, DeMichael, while he is not here. But I have given Xavier Tillman Sr. a difficult time throughout the season. I will just go back on past conversations with DeMichael. He, too, has been unsure of Xavier's plans for the future as a member of the Grizzlies. Last summer, he struggled in summer league. He wasn't able to dominate those games. What X did well was in question. And as time has gone on throughout this season, Tillman, to his credit, has shown his physical capacity to be the closest thing on this roster since Steven Adams is now out to Steven Adams. As an offensive rebounder, he's good. Not as great as Adams, but he's good. As a screener, he's good. Not as great at it as Steven Adams, but he's good. He has the capacity to do some of the same things that Steven Adams is capable of doing, allowing for a lot of the schemes and ideas that Memphis has installed throughout the course of the season to still be implemented even without the big Kiwi out there. However, where Tillman is better at times than Adams is in his switchability, and we'll talk more about that here in a moment, and where Tillman needs to improve in terms of his physical capacity compared to what he has done in the past is his passing. And we'll talk more about that here in a moment, but the first piece I want to talk about when it comes to Xavier Tillman is his switchability defensively because that is a valuable piece to this conversation. With Xavier Tillman in the fold, the Memphis Grizzlies bring a wrinkle defensively that Stephen Adams simply doesn't bring, and it makes Memphis that much more difficult to deal with on the defensive side of the floor. They are in a position where Xavier Tillman, Jaron Jackson Jr., assuming those guys start, they can switch on and off, they can pick up ball carry or ball handlers, excuse me, at the point of attack, on the perimeter where necessary. They have the capacity between those two guys to be a little bit more creative in terms of how they attack the Lakers, in particular Anthony Davis, but even LeBron James. Plenty of rest. It is still LeBron freaking James. At some point, you can talk about father time. There have been some issues in terms of his production. He may not be the guy that he once was, but until further proven, he's still LeBron freaking James. While Anthony Davis is the leader of these uh, Lakers in their current form, LeBron is more than capable of being not just number two to AD's one, he can obviously be number one with a bullet. Xavier Tillman's ability to defend is going to be massive against Anthony Davis because going into the start of the series, and we'll talk more about it later in the show as well, I would imagine Taylor Jenkins wants to do what he's done in the past against the Lakers and put Tillman on Anthony Davis. Now Davis, to his credit, has dominated that matchup from time to time. It's not like it's been a stroke of brilliance that Taylor Jenkins has given this a shot and Memphis has, you know, dominated the matchup. But when the Grizzlies were on their road trip from hell, for example, when Denver happened and Brandon Clark blows out his Achilles and you see John Morant going through his ordeal. When Xavier Tillman played in that game, he had a double-double, 11 points, 10 rebounds. But look at the numbers for Anthony Davis, 30 points, 22 rebounds. He dominated. Davis did. And Tillman, who is undersized compared to AD, is going to have his troubles 
trying to hang with somebody of that size and scope. But what Tillman is capable of is putting himself in a spot to where if he has to switch onto a guard off of an AD pick and roll to try to take away some of the things that Davis is trying to do, get to the basket, he has the capacity to do that. He is not limited to drop coverage. He is not limited to certain types of movements, especially on that end of the floor. So Tillman's versatility, even though he may struggle at times with AD, and I'll talk more about a key to trying to help Tillman with that later on in the show, but his versatility being able to cover multiple positions, that's a strength. Something that I'd like to see Tillman get back to a little bit more aggressively is his passing. While he has not been a bad passer this season, he certainly had better seasons passing. Um, Last season, for example, was a better season, 11.9% assist percentage. He's only gone down a little bit, 11.1. But again, you want to see that number go up and up because for Steven Adams, that's something that he excels at, something that perhaps it wasn't an expectation for him to excel at, but he is more than capable of doing just that because of his passing ability, especially from the elbow. I would like to see that more from Xavier Tillman, giving him opportunities to cook in that way, get out on that elbow, pass the basketball, find open cutters like Desmond Bain, similar chemistry that Bain had with Adams. It's possible with Tillman. The frame might be different. The lines of sight might be slightly adjusted because of the size of Tillman compared to the size of Adams, but there is potential there. Tillman has shown himself to be a proper passer of the rock. Give him a chance to cook in that regard and put him in positions to facilitate for cutting Desmond Baines and John Morantz and others. So Xavier Tillman is my first X factor, pun intended. He is someone that the Memphis Grizzlies are going to need to compete at a very high level against Anthony Davis on switches in terms of his ability to create offense as the Lakers don't necessarily respect him and his own shot creating. If Tillman has a good series, the Memphis Grizzlies are going to win this game and win this series quick. Another player that is fairly significant that hasn't been talked about as much to Memphis's hopes in these playoffs is someone that we'll talk about next year on Lockdown Grizzlies. But first, this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought you brought to you by the Nissan Aria and Nissan's most electric player of the week. The Grizzlies haven't played in a while. So you know who I'm going to make the player of the week? I'm going to make you the player of the week. Yeah, you. You big guy. You sweetheart. You whoever you want to be. You are the player of the week. Congratulations. So happy for you. Brought to you by the new, all new, all electric 2023 Nissan Aria. Why are you the player of the week? Because you have been with DeMichael and I throughout the season. Hopefully you've checked out Lockdown Grizzlies each and every day. You've become an everydayer here with us here at Lockdown Grizzlies. You have been brilliant in terms of your maintaining of your podcast list. You have been elegant in how you enjoy this content each and every time that you turn it on. It is a powerful feeling when you are so capable of showcasing the ability to be productive while also informing your basketball mind and quenching your basketball thirst. You deliver on duality just like the Nissan Aria, a combination of beauty and strength within one SUV crossover. The 2023 Nissan Aria packs pin you to your seat power and premium intelligence all in one EV. The all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria, the EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. We're talking the next key grizzly that is flying under the radar next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. Stay with us. 
Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am your host, Joe Mullinax, flying solo on this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies. DeMichael Cole of the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. He will join me after game one on Monday's edition of Lockdown Grizzlies. So look forward to that after a nice weekend, hopefully, with friends and family. For you, you can watch the game on Sunday and then find us Monday morning and on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Or you can find DeMichael's work over at the Commercial Appeal. I would highly recommend that. Or... You can become a Bluff City Media member, bluffcitymedia.co slash join. Use the promo code Molinax, 10% off an annual subscription, plus a 10-day free trial with that promo code. Check out my insider work, the work of all the great writers over at Bluff City Media. Again, bluffcitymedia.co slash join. Use the promo code Molinax for 10% off an annual subscription, as well as a 10-day free trial before that even kicks in. Great timing for the playoffs here. We talked about Xavier Tillman in the first segment, his ability to defend multiple positions, to not be out of place on the perimeter, at least in a uh, momentary lapse or a momentary switch, whatever the case might be, how he needs to be a more willing and capable passer. He's going to have room to operate. They're going to give him space, and he is not a shooter. He's not a scorer. That's not his bag outside of maybe attacking off the dribble in the post. He has to find capable offensive weapons beyond what he is capable of doing. And a great example of that is Luke Kennard, somebody who has been a heck of a lot more important to Memphis than a lot of people thought he would be. Not me. I knew Luke Kennard would be extremely significant. You know why? Because Luke Kennard is a shooter, shooter, shooter. Shout out to Lil Wayne. And yes, I did almost hit that note. I do have a beautiful voice. Thank you so much for thinking that. Luke Kennard, make sure that if you don't have your hands up, you are going to be down in terms of the way you feel watching a Luke Kennard three go in. He was the NBA's most accurate shooter over the span of the regular season. He is one of the more prolific shooters in the history of the game in a small sample size since he came over from Los Angeles, shooting about 54% from beyond the arc on his attempts. That is phenomenal work, right? That is stuff that only the likes of Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Desmond Bain, you, know, you, you think of elite shooters that are capable of doing those sorts of things. You don't necessarily think of Luke Kennard. Kennard has that ability. He just wasn't given a chance for whatever reason in Los Angeles with the Clippers before the trade to showcase that ability. Again, I have been very impressed with what Kennard is physically capable of doing. He has a little bit of a handle, enough that he can get to the basket, create a shot for someone else, and the opposing team has to respect his gravity. If they do not... He is going to make them pay. He has the passing chops. He obviously has the ability to drain threes from most areas of the floor. Having him out there both with and without John Morant and Desmond Bain lineups, that just helps the Grizzlies so much in terms of offensive efficiency and half-court offense. And that is where I see Luke Kennard being most valuable for this team because we talk a lot about transition opportunities, how the Memphis Grizzlies are one of the very best over the last four years, since the Taylor Jenkins and John Morant era began, they are one of the best transition scoring teams and transition opportunity creation teams in the National Basketball Association. With that comes, obviously, chances at easy buckets. But in the playoffs, not that things necessarily slow down. That's a bit of a myth. But what does occur is you see a lot more effort defensively, whether it's in transition or in the half court. Lakers fans have pointed out fairly that the Lakers have had one of the better defenses in the league since the trade deadline. Anthony Davis is obviously the head of the snake in that, but LeBron James can still defend on the perimeter. You have other guys that have physical capacity like Jared Vanderbilt, very similar to 
uh, Xavier Tillman, Brandon Clark, maybe better than those guys, but he has the ability to defend multiple spots and have great effort on the glass. That is going to be extremely important for the Lakers to try to hang around in this series. Luke Kennard being on the floor allows for the Memphis Grizzlies to fully maximize their half-court offensive opportunities. He helps so much when it comes to half-court concerns in the offense, which has been a problem for the Grizzlies not just this season, but in prior seasons as well. They have a knockdown shooter who teams cannot help off of, who teams have to respect in terms of what he is going to do to you if you do not have a handout in front of his face trying to block his line of sight or, heaven forbid, try to even block the shot, throw off the shooting angle. Kennard can't be left alone. If you do leave him alone, more than half the time he's hitting the shot right now. If you don't leave him alone and you stay out there, that's more space for someone like John Morant, Tyus Jones, and others to operate. A lot of folks have talked about John Morant, how to get him going. Because the fact of the matter is, and we talked about this with the uh, Locked On Lakers guys on our Thursday edition, the crossover episode between Locked On Lakers and Locked On Grizzlies, the Lakers do not have anybody that can defend John Morant consistently. They just don't. Anthony Edwards for the Minnesota Timberwolves, he could have defended Ja consistently. Obviously, there's other guys up and down the Western Conference playoffs that have that physical capacity. But in terms of matchups, I think it was Andrew of the Kamineski brothers. He said it best yesterday. <laughs> they don't have someone to stop Le- uh, stop Ja. John Barant is going to be a problem in this series. And how you maximize the size and scope of that problem matters tremendously. In transition, nobody's going to keep up with Morant. That's pretty much how it's been, except for a De'Aaron Fox here, an SGA there, maybe. There are a few guys that have the elite acceleration and athleticism of John Morant. What these teams are capable of doing, however, is blitzing him, cutting him off in coverage, not allowing for him to get to the rim as easily as he potentially could, and that's going to force Ja to make the extra smart pass. Thankfully, Since Morant has returned from his suspension, he has actively done his best to try to be a good teammate, find those open shooters, create those opportunities for others. The time has come for Ja to do that himself, and we'll talk more about that here next on the show. As that reinvigorates, hopefully, if Memphis hopes to win this series, they are going to need guys like Luke Kennard in the absence of Steven Adams, in the absence of Brandon Clark, to bring their elite offensive skill set and try to offset anything that might be lacking from Kennard, like defensively, for example. So a Kennard corner three, Kennard coming off of an off-ball screen, however it looks, if Morant's defender and any coverage you would imagine would start with Morant and trying to keep him out of the paint or at least not giving him a clean look, if your responsibility is to help to that side and you leave Luke Kennard open, as long as LeBron is able to find that shooter, 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 shooter. Ooh, I got the note that time. As long as he's able to find Kennard, again, more than half the time right now, that bucket from three is going down. Luke Kennard has had some defensive issues in the past. I think that we're past that a little bit. He's defended better of late. The perimeter defense is something we'll talk more about here momentarily. That has to be improved on the whole for the whole team. But Luke Kennard is such an elite offensive weapon, and I do mean elite. I have to stress that. This is a guy who has scored the ball in a variety of ways. The Grizzlies' offense is so much better with him on the floor, and that's especially true in the half court. Kennard's not some elite athlete that's going to get out and run, 
dominate in the transition game. He is someone that in a half-court set you can run an off-ball screen for. You can do a quick little pick and roll trying to kick to a weak side shooter off of it. There are so many different types of sets and looks that because of Kennard's offensive talent, it offsets some of his defensive shortcomings. And with Steven Adams out, Brandon Clark out, Jaron and Dylan are the two best defenders on the team. Beyond that, it's a little bit iffy. So instead of saying, oh, we need mediocre to above average defense, you have Luke Kennard as an elite talent at scoring the basketball. Let that guy play. Give him a chance to show that he is worthy of being a major focus of this series. We've talked about the work of Xavier Tillman that's ahead. We've talked about now Luke Kennard and how important he is to the Grizzlies' half-court offense. When we come back, I make my prediction. I give my logic why the Grizzlies or the Lakers will win this upcoming series that begins on Sunday afternoon there in Memphis, Tennessee. But first, this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by the delicious, nutritious Built Bar. Looking for a delicious snack? Don't want all the sugar and calories? You have to get the best-tasting protein bar ever built. You got to try this. If you're like me, you want to make healthier snack choices, Built Bars and Built Puffs, they are healthy and they taste amazing. You have to give them a shot. You won't even believe that they're good for you. 100% real dark chocolate, real chocolate. That's right. Phenomenal taste, wonderful product that has low sugar, four grams, only 130 calories, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Plus, you don't have to go to Built.com anymore, only Built.com, to get you some. You can go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club. You get a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate bar, or coconut puff. Or you can go get a brownie batter banana, or excuse me, brownie batter puff and churro puff type of bar from Sam's Club. It's just all good, and you need to give it an opportunity to show you what they're capable of over at Built. So again, thank you to Built for being a wonderful sponsor of Lockdown Grizzlies. Give them a try at Sam's Club, Walmart, or Built.com today. We'll talk series predictions next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. Stay with us. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies, finishing up this special Friday edition of the show. Obviously, everybody's excited. There's excitement in the air. DeMichael Cole is so excited that he's not with me on this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies. And I kid, of course. DeMichael is busy preparing his coverage over the commercial appeal. So he will be with me after game one. DeMichael will be in the building behind me. I'm not literally there. I'm not sitting there. I'm not taking DeMichael's seat, so to speak. I just knew he wasn't going to be here with me. And I kind of like this background, too. It's a good mix and match. Um DeMichael will be there. Well, he'll talk to us on Monday's show about what the atmosphere was like. Obviously, we'll break down the game, all those sorts of things for you here at Lockdown Grizzlies. But it's my turn. It's my time to give you my prediction. And here is my thinking process. When this series was possible a week or two ago, and you know, the, who would you like to see? Would you like to see the Pelicans? Would you like to see the Timberwolves? When all that started, I was most nervous about the Los Angeles Lakers. And it's because of Anthony Davis. With Steven Adams out, with Brandon Clark out, the Grizzlies simply do not have the weaponry in the front court to fully contend with Anthony Davis. So you put Jaron Jackson Jr. on him, you risk seriously foul trouble. And Jaron is too important to the offense to be out for an extended period at this stage of his career and at this stage of the Grizzlies roster entering the playoffs. If you put him on Jared Vanderbilt, which allows Jaron to be more of a free flower, help on ter- in terms of weak side drives, that sort of stuff, skip passes. Cool, but as we talked about earlier in the show, now Xavier Tillman has that assignment, and you hope that he's able to limit Davis as best he can. 
Anthony Davis is good, but he is not so good that it cancels out what the rest of the Memphis Grizzlies are capable of. And because of that, my official prediction is Grizzlies in five. I think the Lakers will get one in Los Angeles, maybe game three, but I think Memphis is going to take this series in five games. And here's why. First and foremost, the John Morant factor. He has been one of the more dominant players against the Los Angeles Lakers in recent games and recent years that he's played. They don't have someone that can defend him. It doesn't exist. Dennis Schroeder, decent defender. Austin Reeves, decent defender at times. Maybe they even throw LeBron on him every possession or two. Be ready to see blitzing. Be ready to see hedging and coming up on these ball screens and pick and roll sets, forcing the ball out of his hands because they know that he is capable of burning them. He's done it before. I'm not sure it's going to matter. And it's great to see Ja prioritize how he fits alongside Desmond Bain, how he fits alongside Jaron Jackson Jr. That's growth, not just as a player, but as a person. John Moran is the best player on this basketball team offensively. Bar none, period, end of story. He's the guy that when he is cooking, stirs the drink. And in theory, whether it's Jared Vanderbilt or Anthony Davis, the Lakers have somebody for Jaron. Not to say that Jaron can't score on those guys, but there is at least a matchup there. Desmond Bain also is going to be hard to defend for the Lakers, but Ja just has this elite balance of talent, blend of skills. I just don't see him failing on this stage against this team. The bench, we talked about Luke Kennard earlier. I think they're going to be massive. The Lakers do not have the depth that they think they do or that their fans perhaps think they do. They are not that impressive. Schroeder, James, Davis, Brown, Troy Brown, excuse me. We talked about Austin Reeves. Russell Westbrook, obviously no longer on the team, played almost 1,500 minutes. Lonnie Walker is someone that's logged a lot of run. Wenyan Gabriel, Rui Achimura, of course, has been there for a short time. Jared Vanderbilt, we mentioned Malik Beasley, D'Angelo Russell. They are a better team in terms of their NBA depth of talent. But have they been in a position to go against a team like the Grizzlies that have a system, that are comfortable in their system, they've played together for a while outside of Luke Kennard, can the Lakers match that energy? Can the Lakers, outside of obviously LeBron and Anthony Davis, that maybe haven't had as much postseason exposure or success? Austin Reeves is a great example. He's never played in the playoffs. If you listen to Lakers pundits, if you listen to national writers, Austin Reeves is this guy that is extremely significant to the Lakers' good fortune. If that is the case, he's going to have to go into Memphis and continue that process. Not to say he can't. But I'm saying that it's going to be difficult for him. That is the best home court advantage in the entire NBA behind me for this season. Memphis is going to be rocking role players for opposing teams against the home team. Usually do not shoot or perform as well. Doesn't mean that Reeves can't, but it does mean that in terms of probability, Memphis has a chance, thanks to home court, to really kind of jump out on the Lakers. And I do think that is possible for them. And then the last major reason that I am picking the Grizzlies in five, even beyond Luke Kennard, beyond Xavier Tillman, things that we've discussed, the obvious of Jaron and Ja, Dylan Brooks is going to take this matchup personally. Now, should he take it personally? Maybe he shouldn't, right? There's all sorts of other things going on in the world that maybe Dylan Brooks would be a little bit more angry about than what the Lakers or Shannon Sharp are saying about him. However, if you've been following the show, following the Memphis Grizzlies for a considerable amount of time, the longest tenured Memphis basketball player is not interested 
in anything other than respect and getting respect through his style of play. Dylan Brooks is going to draw the LeBron James assignment. He is going to be able to slow down LeBron James. We're going to continue to see if Father Time remains undefeated and LeBron doesn't get the looks that he wants or LeBron isn't able to get to the basket the way that he wants. Do they make LeBron be a three-point shooter, which he has had some success at this season and other times? It's not like he's a poor three-point shooter like he maybe could have been classified as in the past. But Dylan Brooks is going to make Le- uh, LeBron James wish that his shadow was real and was able to take out Dylan Brooks because Dylan is going to be that shadow. He's going to be right there, right on top of what LeBron wants to do. And because the Grizzlies are able to put Dylan Brooks on LeBron James, and because of these early games, Memphis plays on Sunday, they don't play again again until Wednesday. Because of that, they have the possibility of facing a pretty well-rested LeBron James, but the Grizzlies are well-rested too. The Grizzlies are well-rested too. They have monitored minutes throughout the season. There's only one guy, Dylan Brooks, that has logged over 2,000 minutes on the year. The Lakers may not have as tired legs because they do similar things in terms of load management, but they're older, especially LeBron at 38 years old. In the case of the Grizzlies, they're one of the youngest rosters in the NBA. So they've monitored minutes all year round. Assuming that everybody's healthy, the Memphis Grizzlies will be good to go. And I think that that ability to get out and run, that ability to find open shooters off of cuts and off of dribble penetration, the way that Memphis has grown is more organic than the way the way that Lakers have grown. Because the Lakers have benefited in a lot of different ways from how games are called, from who is sitting out for an opponent, all those sorts of things. That's not to say that the Grizzlies haven't had some luck in that regard either. But the Grizzlies lost Brandon Clark. They lost Steven Adams. Their front court is not particularly healthy. That is not a damning thing against these Lakers, though. There was no Rudy Gobert. There was no uh, Nas Reed for the Timberwolves going into that game. And yet, the Timberwolves were able to hold on tight and keep it close thanks to the efforts of Carl Anthony Towns and others. There's no reason Jaron Jackson Jr. can't do those things. There's no reason that Ja can't dominate a matchup where no one can defend him consistently. Up and down the roster, there's a heck of a lot of advantages. Obviously, LeBron and AD are their own animals. But outside of that, the third best Lakers player is who? D'Angelo Russell. Would you take D'Angelo Russell over Desmond Bain? Probably not. You could go down the list for a lot of these Grizzlies guys compared to Lakers players. The Grizzlies just have deeper, better talent. They've done it for a longer, more consistent time throughout this season. I think that's going to make all the difference. And I say Grizzlies in five. What say you? Put it in the comments. Put it down there. We can talk it out. What's your official prediction? Lakers in six, I could see happening. I could see that happening. I don't think the Lakers clinch in Memphis if they do win the series. I don't think it'll be in five or in seven. I think that the path for the Lakers is in six. And for the Grizzlies, five, six, seven. You know, the only thing that would really surprise me is a clean sweep. I don't think Memphis has that in them against this Lakers team. Anthony Davis is too good. He'll probably go off in one game just by himself, help the Lakers get a win but Memphis has too much depth. They've acquired some of those battle scars from previous postseasons. They know what it's going to take. They're going to be a razor focused, laser focused. I just don't see the Grizzlies losing a game at home to this Lakers team, given what we saw from them against the Timberwolves. That was not an inspiring performance. The Grizzlies have played solid basketball. They're going to be well-rested. Give me the Grizzlies in five. That is how I am feeling heading into game one. Thank you so much for listening to Locked on Grizzlies and making it your first listen today. Now go make your second listen today 
Game to Game NBA. We are free again, free and available wherever you get your podcasts, Odyssey app, YouTube, all those things. And also continue to make Lockdown Grizzlies your first listen each and every day. We appreciate you every dayers that come and check us out. On Monday's show, we're going to talk game one, look ahead to game two, all the storylines, all the analysis. There's no better place to get it from than the Locked On Podcast Network and, of course, Locked On Grizzlies. I look forward to seeing you again soon. Enjoy game one. Don't take for granted this playoff series. The Sacramento Kings are in the playoffs for the first time in 16 years, dear listener, dear viewer. Don't take for granted that Memphis is back there again. It's not for everybody. It's a wonderful opportunity. And this Grizzlies team, although they're young, they have a lot of postseason experience, even more than some of the Lakers. Obviously, LeBron and AD being excluded. But we mentioned Austin Reeves earlier and other Lakers players. The Grizzlies are more battle-tested in the playoffs. I think that matters, too. Until next time, for DeMichael Cole, my wonderful co-host from the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis, I am Joe Mullinax of Bluff City Media. Have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy the game. Make sure you are here with us on Monday as DeMichael and I break down game one. Until then, stay locked in. Go Grizzlies. This is Joe Mullinax, and this is Locked on Grizzlies.